Chapter 66 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 66 Victor and Lucinda visit and restore General Armington. The day was a clear one, a rain at sunrise having settled the dust and rarefied the atmosphere, which was very favorable for a powerful psychological manifestation. Dr. Juno and Miss Lucinda Armington reached General Armington's cell in the insane asylum at three o'clock in the afternoon, and as good luck would have it, the general was fast asleep when they entered his presence. When Dr. Juno saw this, he cautioned the keeper not to wake him, which he had already attempted to do. "'I want him to remain in a passive condition for a while,' said Dr. Juno. "'And if you will close the doors of his cell quietly and leave us here until I knock at the door, I will be very much obliged to you.' "'Certainly,' answered the keeper, and did as he was directed by Dr. Juno. Dr. Juno now said to his beloved Lucinda, who began to weep, my precious dear, please collect yourself as soon as possible, because I want your physical and mental equilibrium to assist me, and by giving thus away to your feelings you spoil the conditions, provided you carry it too far or too long. Certainly, dear Victor, I do not wish to do that, she responded, and instantly ceased weeping. We must endeavor to impress his mind whilst asleep, said he and if we can get him under mesmeric influence and wake him shedding tears, we have restored him to sanity. Therefore you take his left hand into your right one, and with your left hand gently press upon the nape of his neck, whilst I will take his right hand into my left and manipulate his thinking brain with my right hand, and then we must unite our breathing, and, when united, catch up with his respiration." and the moment we have him that way we must center our entire wills and unflinching determinations upon him, desiring his sanity. Then success must come. Ignorant people, who do not understand the laws of psychology, nor the laws of vitality, would laugh at this treatment. But it is generally the case that people cry superstition and laugh at things to which they are blind. Will you do as I directed? and do you understand me thoroughly, my precious love? I will, and fully understand you, and I am strong in my faith," said she. I will wake him at the proper time, and then if you feel like weeping with him it will be all right," said Dr. Juno. They operated as proposed, and in about fifteen minutes Victor called aloud to him, "'General Armington, awake to glory! Your daughter is by your side, and all is well!' and truly the general awoke and wept like a child. Lucinda wept and Victor followed the fashion, and after a few moments of tearful joy Miss Armington said, "'Dear Pa, we have come to take you home with us. How do you feel?' "'Oh, my dear long-lost child, have I really found you? And is this not a delusion?' exclaimed the general. "'No, precious father, it is no delusion,' said she. But it was my dear Victor who has saved and restored both of us. Come, father, and thank him for it." 
"'God bless you, my son,' responded he. "'I have accused you wrongly the other day, and I once more ask your pardon. Will you, can you, forgive me for the accusation?' Dr. Juno fell upon his knees before the general and said, in tears of grief and joy, "'Dear general, you are not to blame, and, as I told you then, had you done less than you did, I could not respect and love you as I now do. Those were the words you repeated after I shot at you. But as it is all over, and since my dear daughter is safe in my arms, I am delighted to meet you again. But why are we here?" said the general, looking around, seeming thunderstruck, for it must be remembered that when the mind returns to sanity, it can only remember what happened when in its last moments of sanity previous to getting insane. "'Well, dear father, if such I may call you,' said Dr. Juno, "'I will tell you all about it. You turned insane in my office, where you last recollect of seeing me, and the pious people placed you here.' "'Pious people! But where is this?' interposed he. "'It is the West Philadelphia Insane Asylum.' responded Dr. Juno. But your lovely daughter and myself were determined to restore you to health if possible, and by the aid of God's natural laws we have accomplished our task. And, thank God, are rewarded. Moreover, I have a permit from Judge Freelove to take you home with us." "'Heaven bless you, my son, my son!' ejaculated the general, and began to weep and shake like a child, which caused a triune weeping respiration because the pulses of these three souls beat as one, and it seemed the Holy Spirit baptized them, as were the apostles of old. Soon they composed themselves, when Dr. Juno knocked at the cell door, and the three passed out of the asylum, entered Dr. Juno's carriage, and drove home to the general's residence. When they arrived at the homestead, Pat O'Connor was busily engaged doing some work in front of the house, but when he spied Dr. Juno's coach, he dropped everything and ran to the house and called Judy McCrae, when they came together to receive their mistress. But when they saw the pale, careworn general, they leaped for joy, but kept perfectly silent, because they did not know that he was restored to sanity. The moment the general saw them, he exclaimed, "'My excellent servants, you are still faithfully at your post. God bless you, as I wish my own children blessed, noble souls.' Pat and Judy gazed at each other, then at the general, then at Dr. Juno and Miss Armington, then at each other again, when they fairly bellowed and blubbered forth, "'Ah! Oh, the Lord! The Lord! The Lord!' End of chapter 66